beautiful, it's accurate, and most importantly, it's really very detailed. In 100 Years, 100 Objects, stories from the collections of Lancaster City Museums, we're delving into the collections to discover objects that can tell us stories about the past and make us think about the present and the future. I'm Millie Wellborn, Museum Assistant at Lancaster City Museums. In this episode of 100 Years, 100 Objects, we're taking a bird's eye look at Lancaster. Our object today is a common thing now, but was quite rare and expensive at the time it was produced. It's an elegant and beautiful way to help people get around the city. Today's object is a map made in 1778. The map was made by Stephen Macreth, and as well as being accurate and useful, it is also very beautifully illustrated. It is a large piece of paper, over a metre long, and so it wasn't designed to slip into someone's pocket. The map shows the city in great detail, including not only the streets with their names, but also the footprints of the buildings that lined them, and uses for areas of land. In the top left corner, there is an image of Lancaster Castle, and in the top right, one of St Mary's Church. About two-thirds of the way down the right-hand edge is an ornate shield containing the date and dedication of the map. We spoke to Gordon Clark to help us find our way around the map and what the Lancaster that it shows was like. The late 18th century was a really golden time for producing maps and atlases in Britain and across Europe. And this is a very good example of one of those maps. It's beautiful, it's accurate, and most importantly, it's really very detailed. The 1770s were a really very interesting time because in Lancaster at that time, you could see a lot of the old medieval Lancaster, uh, buildings like the castle and the priory, the warren of streets in the city centre, and the old friary around Dalton Square. But the 1770s was also a period of great development and growth. Lots of new houses were being built. Castle Hill, Common Garden Street, Spring Garden Street on the way out to White Cross where the first poor house was. Um, of course that growth and development was often very much based on international trade. Uh, British goods being sent to West Africa to be exchanged for slaves. The slaves being transported across the Atlantic to the Caribbean and America. And then goods produced by slaves in the Americas being brought back to Britain or indeed Lancaster to be processed. So it was a period of, of great oldness, of antiquity, but modern and very fast growing. But how accurate was Macreth's map and what other maps have been produced before him? Surprisingly, it's very accurate indeed. Studies have shown it's within 99.5% accurate compared with the Ordnance Survey today, which is amazing because of course they only had very simple surveying tools, metal chains, literal chains, to measure distances, and very simple equipment for measuring angles. So it's a very accurate map, you can rely on it. John Speed produced a map in 1607 as part of his Atlas of English Counties, but it was very small, it wasn't very accurate, and it didn't give very much detail. 
and then in 1685, Richard Cureden did a big survey of Lancaster, but unfortunately he didn't take his field notes from the survey and make them up into a fully engraved map that we can look at. A more recent historian, Kenneth Docton, actually did that, and it is a better map. You get some names of real people and individual houses. But uh, Stephen Mackrath was a hundred years later. There's a hundred years gap. We don't really know what was happening in Lancaster until we get to the mid-1770s. Gordon went on to tell us what this map was designed to do and how much it would have cost someone in Georgian Lancaster to buy one. It had a rather different purpose from a modern map. I mean, a modern map is really produced for strangers to the town so they can find their way around to buildings and streets they don't really know anything about. But this was <clears throat> really a map for the local people. It's a town of eight or 9,000. You know, everyone knew the town very in great detail. So this was a map effectively to, to celebrate Lancaster. By the 1770s, it was clear that Lancaster was losing out to upstart places like Manchester and Liverpool, who were growing much, much faster, much wealthier. So the narrative that emerges in the late 18th century is Lancaster as the good old historic county town. This is the town where the assizes, the courts, are held. Um, if you look at the map in the top left-hand corner and the top right-hand corner, you've got engravings of the Lancaster's most famous old buildings, the Priory Church and the castle. Um, so it's got that function of the bolstering Lancaster as a place to visit, a historic town. But it's also, if you like, a bit of house decoration. If you look around the edge of the map, not the map itself but the frame, it's been engraved in a way that makes it look like the gilded frame of a painting. This is a, a classy, stylish wall decoration that's going to be put up onto people's walls and it will look very good, alongside real paintings perhaps. Uh, and in one corner of the map, the bottom right, there's a very elaborate dedication, as maps have in those days. It, the map is dedicated to the nobility, clergy, gentry and merchants of Lancaster. That was Macrith's target market for sales. The map cost five shillings. Now, it's difficult to put money from two and a half centuries ago into modern terms, but it might be around about £30. So it was quite an expensive item, but it was not ridiculously expensive that only the extremely rich could afford to buy it. If you're going to get the nobility, clergy, etc. to buy a copy of the map, it's clearly expensive, but it's got to be affordable by that sort of middle, comfortably off group in Lancaster society. It was very widely advertised in local papers throughout the northwest of England. The difficulty is we don't know how many were sold, we don't know if they made a profit or covered their costs. Now we know a little bit about the map itself, let's find out a bit more about its creator, Stephen Macrath. Stephen Macrath is a rather shadowy figure. 
we know very little about him other than, than he produced his map. Um, but recent research has shown that he was born in 1742. He died in 1792, aged about 50. His father, Brian Macrath, was a bookseller in Kendal who moved down to Lancaster and carried on trade in the town as a bookseller and stationer. Unfortunately, his father died when Stephen was three and his mother died when he was four. So at the age of four, he's an orphan. So the question becomes, how does an orphan become a cartographer? Now, we know there was enough money in his father's will to pay for him to get some education and an apprenticeship. He was apprenticed to a local joiner and cabinet maker. He worked in a number of trades. He worked for Gillows as a painter at one point, and he was a printer. But that doesn't make a cartographer. Well, to be a cartographer, you need an awful lot of resources. You need working capital to pay for all the costs before you sell a copy. You need staff and equipment who can do surveying. You need contact with London engravers to produce the copper plate map. You need printing capacity and you need contacts. Now, uh, at this point, George Gray comes onto the scene. He was also a bookseller in Lancaster. He was Brian Macrath's executor of his will. So we think that he probably took young Stephen, aged four, under his wing and, in a sense, brought, brought him up and helped him. George Gray could provide the surveying staff and equipment and skills. He had the contacts with London engravers. He was also a very prominent man in the town. Uh, he was a church warden at the Priory and he was a member of the Common Council, which ran Lancaster. And that meant he had lots of good contacts among the nobility, gentry, clergy, and traders and merchants of Lancaster, who would be the target market to buy this particular, particular map. So this is really nominally Stephen Macrath's map of Lancaster, but it's really the map of Stephen Macrath printer George Gray, most of the other skills and resources you need, and Brian Gray, George's son, who was the draftsman. There is a lot about Stephen Macrath that is still very shadowy. Um, we found no uh, houses in his name. Um, we found no will on his death. No gravestone. No evidence he married or had a family. His real legacy to Lancaster is his beautiful, detailed map of 1778. Before he left, Gordon let us know where you can see a copy of the Macrath map. There's a copy on display in Lancaster's Maritime Museum and there are online copies on the website of Lancaster University uh, under their maps section and at the website of Lancaster Archaeological and Historical Society. Thank you for following us on this journey through our museum collections on 100 Years, 100 Objects. If you want to delve deeper into the history of Lancaster, Morecambe and the surrounding area, please listen to some of our other episodes where we discuss everything from badges to bones.